time for the Off the Mound with Ryan Dempster podcast presented by Sloan. I'm your host, Ryan Dempster, and today I'm joined by the right fielder for the Chicago Cubs, 2016 World Series champ, five-time Gold Glove winner, the man himself, Jason Hayward. But first, I've got to tell you about Sloan's no-touch hand-washing technology. It's state-of-the-art, second to none, and couldn't come at a better time. So we want to thank them for providing that technology to the people out there so we can all wash our hands and stay safe. Well, we all know about his great moment at the 2016 World Series, the meeting in the clubhouse, the speech, and the motivation it gave the guys to go out there. But we want to dive a little bit into moments of his career, who he is, um, and the great things that he does both on and off the field. So let's get right down to it and go off the mound with Jason Hayward. Jay, hey. Hey, buddy. How are you, man? What's up, Deb? I'm great, bro. How you doing? It's good to be back in Arizona. Yeah, spring training kicking off. Like, this is like the best time. Like, it always is. You're getting those relationships going again and seeing your teammates you haven't seen in a while. Uh, how fun's it been the first week so far? It's been a fun first week. Um, you know, I think I always look forward to the new things that happen because, as you know, you know, you played the game long enough to see spring training can get really, really repetitive over the years, but having new faces, um, adding some new coaches, um, just some new vibes, you know, to our season, to our group, I think it's going to be a lot of fun going forward, but it's just been awesome to start seeing everybody and kind of see our team shape up. Um, this off season for you, what did, what did you get up to? What did you get into doing travel around at all? Um, I know that you were in Chicago most of the time, but, um, mm -hmm. some, some big things happened during the, during the winter. We, um, we went to Colorado. Uh, we got some friends together. We had everybody tested, um, ourselves included, of course, and I went out there for New Year's. But other than that, bro, we were in Chicago, and I was working out at Wrigley and a couple other places. Um, we were trying to feel normal again, you know, see some other people and hang and feel chill, like we could just relax after going to that 2020 season with COVID. Um, no, actually, you know, that was pretty much it. Went to go see my family in, back in Georgia. Got to spend time with them some. Um, made up for some lost time with my brother, um, you know, with not being able to travel too, too much. But that's pretty much it, bro. Just get ready for the season, kind of shake off that 60-game set and, and, and that quick exit from the playoffs and, and get hungry for some more baseball. And speaking of hungry, um, who came into camp the most out of shape? Like, who, who's overweight <laughs> and we got to work with them? I can't even go there, bro. Like after seeing freaking, yeah, you can. I'll throw somebody like I'll throw a retired guy under the bus um, who's a Hall of Famer who doesn't even care. I remember Chipper Jones came into camp one year, and he had like his pants up, and he was like, "You know what? I want to feel like this again." And well, the media wore him out. They're like, "Chip's old and out of shape, this and that." Dude's still hitting hitting walk off home runs off of guys throwing ninety five in his last season. So I, I don't want to go throw anybody on the team on the current roster under the bus right now. They got time. Hey, I'm just – it's personal experience. My very first ever spring training, I signed, got a signing bonus. I went home that winter, and I uh, was having a good time at the restaurant scene. And I came to camp the next year, and they're like, hey, you got to show up every morning at 7 a.m. and get that extra 10 pounds off. <laughs> right. They didn't like what they saw early on. That's funny. But at least somebody told you, though. You know, they didn't let you ride yeah. it out and just be like, hey, look at you every day. Like, hey, what, what, what you got? What you got? No, see, that's just being good teammates, good coaches right there, <laughs> motivating me. Um, you know, guys come and go, right? Like you, this this year, um, some guys are gone. One guy that obviously we know is very important, 
John Lester um, leaving, going to Washington. Um, that being said, John was the king of having fun. He was the he was the one who was always picking up the check. Is that going to be tough now? Because like when we're looking at contract wise, you got one of the bigger ones, or do you just pass that buck off to Anthony? Like probably it should be. Oh, I don't mind doing it. I've done some too. You know, I've I've looked after the guys and um, you know, just kind of spread the wealth. But I think it's an awesome thing to be able to bring your teammates together. You know, I had great veterans do that when I was coming up, and you know, I feel like it's just another part of the game, camaraderie, um, paying homage to the fraternity. You know how this sport is, man. Like it's it's a great job to have. Um, you only get to do it but for so long, and you have new faces come and go, like you said. So it's I don't I don't mind doing that at all. Tony will do it some too. We'll try to mix some things in and, and have some fun this year when we get a little bit more freedom than we had last year. Of course, not too much, but uh, definitely got to miss Big John. And you talked about that, the, the coming up. Who were the guys, like for you, when you were coming up, who were the guys that kind of showed you the way early on and be like, all right, here's what it takes to be a good teammate. Here's what it takes to be a leader. This is what you have to do. Um, who were those guys? Um, starting right back you know, where I was with the out of shape. Um, you know, Chipper was huge in that for me because you know, he did it very subtly. He didn't come out and, and make it a point to like bash me or, or make an example out of me. He made sure I, I understood what it was going to be like to have the respect of your teammates, playing the game the right way, hustling, um, getting guys over, taking certain kind of at-bats in certain situations. Um, but also Eric Hensky showed me how to be a professional. Martin Prados, Michael Bournes, um, Tim Hudson's, Derek Lowe's, you know, showed us about being a professional, but also getting to the postseason and not taking that stuff for granted. I mean, I, I was fortunate to have a long list of guys to bring me into the game. And and that's what it's all about, the postseason. Like, you know, I was looking at it before um, you came on and just kind of looking at contracts, right? When you sign big contracts, there comes this responsibility and, you mm -hmm. know, sometimes pressure. That's, that's just the reality when you sign long-term deals. There have been very few guys – um, in this league that have signed deals of your size. Um, it wasn't until Mookie Betts won the past season um, and, mm -hmm. and Alex Rodriguez was the only other one with that kind of substantial. You signed that deal and boom, win a World Series. And not only that, Jace, every year, dude, you've gotten better and better. Um, your years statistically, you know, if you're looking at what's important stat-wise um, mm -hmm. and then what you bring off the field, how much pride do you take in just bringing that winning attitude every day? Um, that's the most important thing to me because I feel like we all as a group get it done together. And when it comes down to the business side of baseball, you know, other teammates don't get contracts without having a great team. You know, I think KB realizes, you know, he wouldn't be an MVP that year if he wasn't on the team he was on, um, you know, and so on guys being gold glovers, you know, Rizzo at first base, making plays, um, just all those little things that show up on a daily basis on the field, but don't necessarily show up in the box score, I think is what I like to try and bring on a daily basis. And, you know, numbers are going to be numbers. You're going to have your personal career. It's your, definitely your name on the back of the baseball card, but you don't do it without the group. Yeah, that's, that's a hundred. And you got a good group. And this year, you know, we get so hung up, um, you know, as fans of you guys out on the field, uh, me as your peer, uh, and then as your fan and watching you guys play that, sometimes it's hard to uh, take ourselves away from, you know, the memories of 2016, right? It's like, oh, they won the World Series. That's the team every year. But the reality is pieces come and go. And then now you get your 
each year to reset that and have your own identity with that team. And Riz talked a little bit about it to the media, just like we have something to prove to ourselves, most importantly. Um, you know, how do you feel about going into the season just as far as that is, you know, like proving, proving what you guys need to do out there on the field um, and not looking backwards, but looking forwards? I feel like um, I feel like it's a fun new challenge. Um, having a new group to be able to be somewhere long enough to see certain guys come and go to have the memories that we built together. You know, when you bring guys in like Jock Peterson, um, you find a way to get someone like Jake Arrieta back. Of course, you you know we made a trade this offseason and and traded you Darvish, but. We got a guy in Zach Davis who's had some success uh, here recently and in, in our division. He's familiar with that. Um, you're just making certain acquisitions, um, the ones like the ones we made this year, I feel like they can be very under the radar. And I kind of like that vibe, especially in this division. Like we have some world champions on this team. We've got some guys that have been deep into the postseason. We've got some guys that are hungry. Um, and that's not even to mention, you know, we had guys struggle somewhat last year, and I feel like that gets blown way out of proportion. Um, 60 games and 60 games, and I know they counted on our careers and whatnot, but that's two months of baseball that, you know, in two months, a lot of good things can happen when it comes to getting timing back and getting comfortable and reset and locked in. And I think you're going to see an MVP and Chris Bryant come back and play baseball the way he can play baseball, you know, hoping he can be healthy. Um, Tony Rizzo definitely didn't have the year he wanted to have, but he still made a difference, and I think you're going to see him come back and relax a little bit more and realize we got a 162 game season. And I mean, Javi Baez, yeah, you could say he had a tough and you know rough off season. I mean, offensive season, but guy won a gold glove. And I think that says enough about the character of him wanting to try and win. Um, tries to put his team first, tries to respect the game on a daily basis. So I just love our group. I love the hunger that we have. I like the newness that we have. It's, it's not the same old thing that we've been doing. It's a, it's a new challenge and a new opportunity. Is it kind of fun too when like, you know, you, it's not necessarily reading the papers, but you know, you know what people are saying. And it's like, oh, you know, the Cubs probably finished like third or fourth. I'm like, oh, really? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. You know, like it kind oh, yeah. of gives you that little bit of extra motivation, right? Yeah, it's fun. It's fun motivation. I mean, we were picked to win the World Series as a group. And even the year before I got here in 15, you know, they weren't expecting anything. And then NLCS, then the next year being picked to win the World Series, go win that. Um, yeah, definitely falling short, you know, the few years after that and not winning World Series, but making some history in a tough division when you know, we forced everyone else around us to get better. And that's the way this game goes. I feel like iron sharpens iron, but we got a chance to be just that this year and, and come back again with that hunger, um, new vibes, some you know, new faces, new role guys. And, well, I feel like the sky's the limit if we come out here and put our mind to what we want to get done. Jay, hey, um, February is Black History Month. Uh, every week here at Off the Mound, we've been uh, talking about the history of game um, through the eyes of a, of a black player, um, something that you take great pride in um, and something that you kind of had to deal with in a big way firsthand last year um, with choosing to sit out. Um, that led into great things with the Players Alliance. Um, what you guys decided to do with the head of Curtis Granderson as the president of the Alliance what are the goals of the Players Alliance? What can people be doing to uh, to help out, to uh, continue to draw awareness to to the social issues that we have, um, not only in this country, but in the game of baseball? 
Um, I guess starting with the goals, man. Um, you know, like you were saying about last year, you know, having a moment to sit out a game, definitely not an easy decision. You know, I love my teammates to death. Want to be out there and battle for them. Everybody works so hard to get a goal, to achieve a goal, and you know, was called to an issue. And we, you know, as the Players Alliance, Black Players in Baseball, and you know, other Black leaders and athletes in our community, you know, stepped up to a challenge and the fact that we were going to bring awareness and come together and show unity and come up with ways to get things to change and bring change and to have someone like yourself donate um, to the cause and the Players Alliance, the tour that we did around the country this offseason, have Theo do that, the Cubs organization match that, to have MLB um, match that with donations of just baseball goods and things like that. That's the goal is to bring people together, man. Um, and then as far as this year goes, you're going to see more of the same. Um, you're going to see other guys stepping up and, and just getting out in their, into their communities, bringing people together and showing that baseball players do care too. And I think that's what has been missing for the longest time. And oh, it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to do what we've done in just a short amount of time. And starting the group of over 100 black baseball players um, in MLB and, and in professional baseball. But just, again, just showing people that these are our faces and that we care too. And we want our families and friends and people in our community to know that we're going to do what we can to help. And then to keep the conversations going, right? Like, it's easy as time goes on from a moment that happens or moments that happen to just right. going back to the way things were to keep those conversations going. What are conversations that people can continue to have so that that it is um, the goal that we're all striving for? I think we can continue to point out situations where we feel like things could be handled differently. Maybe um, whether it's in the, on a daily basis, in the game of baseball, on the field, off the field, because um, you just want to see opportunity. I think that's the biggest thing. And I feel like, I think I was you know, trying my best to get this across last year, is that if I don't speak up and let someone know that I have a, an issue or something's bothering me, then you're not gonna bring change either. And there's not gonna be communication and there's not gonna be growth and learning. And I think we did a great job of starting last year, the dialogue, uh, we tried to have it at least once a homestand where we just got guys together and we talked about differences and Know, how our families grew up in certain things and and our cultures are treated throughout the country and, and in life just to be able to get on the same page. I think that's mm -hmm. a big thing that we can do in the game of baseball standpoint. But um, as far as the Players Alliance goes, we're going to continue to donate. We're going to continue to bring awareness. We're going to continue to reach out to kids at, at each level, at the amateur level, elementary, middle, high school kids, um, prospects. We're going to try to connect with them and let them know that you have a resource here that you can lean on and that you're not going into this battle alone. Yeah, that's all. And for people out there, please like go to the internet, look at the players Alliance, you know, see what you can do to help out. Cause what you guys are doing is just, uh, it, it is incredible stuff and really, really awesome. And um, I'm just super proud to, to watch it, watch it unfold and be a part however I can helping out. Um, great oh, stuff. Thank you, bro. Um, really appreciate that support. We, 2020, yeah, man, absolutely. 2020 was, you know, a, a grinding year, a uh, tough year on so many different levels. And, and we lost a lot of people, right? We lost a lot of Hall of Famers. A lot of people passed away. Um, one person that I'm curious about, because you played for the Braves and you're around them, we lost 
the great Hank Aaron, Hammer and Hank passed away. You know, what interaction did you have with him? Um, because this is, you know, one of the greatest men to, to ever be on a baseball field. Um, and the stuff that he did off the field was just as great. Man, I tell you, it's, um, you know, it's, it's going to be emotional for me. Uh, I feel like for, for the rest of time, because, you know, I was around Hank Aaron at the age of 19, 20 years old, just a kid, hadn't had any other job coming into professional baseball. Um, you know, and I grew up in Georgia, just south of Atlanta. I watched him hand off the Olympic torch in the Olympics, I believe, to Muhammad Ali at Turner Field. And and these are just things that, you know, kind of led me up to the game at the major league level. But before I even set out on the field to make a play or strike out, have him in the bat, anything like that, I was able to talk to Hank and he lended me a, a good bit of advice and just telling me to always go out there and be myself, continue to respect the game, respect my family, respect the team that I'm playing for, respect the people I'm playing against, but don't apologize for being yourself. You know, you're an African-American, be that. But understand the game's going to look different to you at times, but just be ready for that. And if you keep going and you keep having fun and enjoying it and remember why you started, then you're going to allow the, you're going to be allowed to grow in this game. Um, and then shortly after um, I was told that I made the team before the game started at opening day against the Cubbies at uh, Turner Field and, um, in April 2010, I was able to catch the first pitch from Hank. And, you know, little did I know how much that meant um, for a lot of reasons. You know, he's number 44, I wore number 22. Uh, you know, they were trying to have it being a passing of a torch, so to speak. But that's, I got to say, that's that's not even fair um, because of the, the many great things that he's done for this game of baseball, but for our culture, for our country being an advocate of civil rights and, and togetherness. Um, a lot of special moments for myself with Hank Aaron and a lot of special memories, but it's just really cool to be able to be touched by someone who's touched so many people in a very short amount of time. Yeah, I always said he was incredible because it was special to watch all the Hall of Famers look at him like the ultimate Hall of Famer. They really right. did. Everybody just the utmost respect for him. Um, you touched on this briefly, and, and I wanted to end on this, so this is really great. I was there that day, obviously. And I remember <laughs> after you, you got a 2-0 fastball with the bases loaded off Carlos Zambrano. And, Jay, I don't know if I've ever seen a more electric stadium when you hit that ball over the bullpen, all the way to the back end of the bullpen, and absolutely crushed that pitch. And I looked at Ted Lilly, and I said, wow, man, th this is pretty cool right here. <laughs> I'm on the other side of the field. We just go down a bunch of runs, dude. Talk about that moment. That, that to me, aside from winning the World Series, as far as a personal moment, had to be as as incredible as it got. Man, um, it was it was crazy. It was unbelievable. Um, I will forever get chills thinking about that time and just remembering back to driving to the field that day from the house, um, knowing my parents are going to be there with three hundred other people that have watched me grow up playing baseball and just grow up in Georgia in itself. Um, I grew up watching Atlanta Braves, man. Bobby Cox, Chipper Jones, you know, Fred McGriff, Magnus Glavin, Smoltz. And then, ironically, the Cubbies. You know, we watched, came home so many times for day games watching 
Cubbies play baseball and I just love baseball. So it was just really cool for a lot of reasons in that I got to go out there and, and compete for the first time as a major leaguer at home. Um, but I remember before this at bat, first I'll say before the game, Chipper came up to my locker and he's like super straight face, but he's chilling. He's like, hey, 60 feet, six inches. You know, it's 90 feet between the bases. Chalk the lines, same game. Ain't no different. Just like that, real cool. Bro, I'm on deck after we went down three runs. We come back, tie it up 3-3, and Chip scores, and he comes up to me, bro, on deck circle. Let's go. That's it, and just walked off. I'm like, bro, like, what happened to what we just said in the clubhouse over here, right? Like, you just <laughs> said same game, and now you're coming over here, let's go. Like, you better get this done, or I'm going to bury you, basically. That's how it felt. I know he didn't mean that, but he just checked yeah. me right away. Um, so stepping in the box, I remember before the game, I just tried to tell myself that I wanted to relax as best I could. Not think about anything else, just relax. And of course the results showed that I did that, but bro, Big Z is Big Z. And even today yeah. I'm six, five and a half. And when I see him like at Cubs convention or see him around, bro, like he's a big person. So he's on the mound, huffing and puffing, first two pitches up and in. And I'm like, all right, bro. Like he's kind of seeming like he doesn't care if he hits me right now which I really didn't think he did, but I said, I better go get ready to hit this pitch. It's a 2-0 count. Take a swing if it's there. Of course, pitch is right there, middle end, put a good swing on it. Probably the easiest swing I've taken my whole career. I mean, the ball going as far as it did, I think kind of showed that, but hitting that ball and just being able to feel the element of surprise from everyone in the stands at the same time, excitement, um, to hear the roar rounding the bases, like my helmet was literally flapping in my ear and I just felt like I was floating around the bases. And when I touched home plate, it felt like the noise turned back on and Brian McCann's hit me on the head a few times. Um, you know, Escobar, Nate McLeod, these dudes are like pumping me up and Chipper met me top step with a hug. And I just remember so many of the faces that influenced me in the game of baseball at this level um, Eric Hensky, you know, I named him Tim Hudson, Bobby Cox, um, Terry Pendleton, Eddie Perez, um, David Ross, my manager, you know, today he, he was there. And these guys, you know, made me feel welcome, but also made me feel like, like, you better enjoy this moment, bro, because this is special. That was really cool what you just did. Like, go take a curtain call. Um, so it was able to come full circle right there really quick. But on the Cubs side, I got to tell this story because we did trade for D. Lee later that year. <laughs> And, That's right, yeah. Bro, so I got on base later that game, and Derek Lee's like, hey, congrats. And I did not even hear it. I'm like, okay, I better get the side from the third base coach. Like, how many outs? Like, wait, I actually didn't get to get on base. Like, I'm on the on base in the big leagues. Like, let me look around for a second. And I was like, wait, what what'd you say? He's like, man, I said congrats. Like, that was awesome. I was like, Derek Lee said that was awesome. You know, like, as a kid, <laughs> 20 years old, man, it was just – it was super cool um, moment in time. I'll never forget, but so many special things happened that day and I'll, I'll never forget them. Yeah, that moment, a World Series, and I guarantee you, man, more special moments to come. Yeah, just incredible, incredible stuff. You've had a, a great first half to your career, Jay, and I can't wait to see what you do this year and the years to come. Thanks so much for, for joining us here at Off the Mound, man. Can't thank you enough. No, I appreciate you, Tim. Thanks for always showing love and support, man. Good to see you and can't wait to see you soon back in Chicago. 
Yes, I love that smile. I love that guy. He is so much fun to watch play the game. He does it all. He plays defense. He runs the bases. He handles the bat. He's a model teammate. He's a model citizen in the community. So much great stuff right there from Jason Hayward. Great to catch up with him. If you want to hear more conversations like the one you just heard, please download and subscribe to the Off the Mound with Ryan Dempster podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And it's all presented by our good friends at Sloan. Thanks so much for listening, folks. I'm Ryan Dempster. We'll talk to you later.